You're listening to the RSA Conference podcast, where the world talks security. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this edition of our RSAC 365 podcast series. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Tatiana Sanchez. And I'm Casey Zirkus. And we are your RSA Conference podcast hosts. As February ends and March approaches, it's a friendly reminder that RSA Conference 2024 is a couple of months away. That's why we are thrilled to be joined by the Governance, Risk, and Compliance Program Committee, Elliot Franklin, James Lugabell, and Jamie Sanderson, who will dive into today's trends that they have seen in their track and much more. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners that here at RSAC, we host podcasts twice a month. And I encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review us on your preferred podcast app so that you can be notified when new tracks are posted. And now I would like to ask my guests to take a moment to introduce themselves before we dive into today's topic. Elliot, if you want to start with you. Yeah, so happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, my name is Elliot Franklin. I currently lead the uh, IT security and controls team for Fortitude Reinsurance. I've been in the IT security space for a little over 20 years and um, part of the RSA conference um, for a number of years. So very excited to be here. And Jamie? Thank you. I'm Jamie Sanderson and currently the director of cyber governance, risk and compliance at the AES Corporation. We're a global energy company really focused on green energy. Um, This is my first time being a part of the speaker committee, so I'm really, really honored and I feel privileged to do this. I'm passionate about making cybersecurity understandable for everyone. So that's me. Great. We're happy to have you here. And last but not least, James. Hi, thank you. It's a it's a pleasure to be here with everyone. And I don't know how I follow up Jamie with that great introduction there as well. But uh, James Lugo, uh, I am responsible for security, governance, risk and compliance at ADP. I've been in cyber in one way, shape or form for nearly 30 years now and have run a lot of different programs. But the GRC component and element is quite near and dear to my heart because it is where I cut my teeth in the corporate space. So I'm really looking forward to uh, the conference here in in a couple of months, as you indicated, Tatiana, and uh, really engaging with, with the folks about some of these topics. And we are super excited to have you not only here today with us, but as part of our program committee, because we just feel so fortunate that people are willing to donate um, so much of their time and, you know, rely on their experience to help us build out this amazing agenda. Folks may not know, but it starts like way back, even before the call for submissions. And even before you started reading about the submissions that came in, you were thinking about what are the things that we want to see on the track uh, when it finally makes it to May. So once you got those submissions, what are some of the things that you started to see trending that maybe you weren't expecting or you were expecting and you were thrilled at the way that they were being presented? The interest in the insurance space, Um, I know that uh, it's been a few years that that's been a topic, but it continues to be part of the overall submissions and, you know, just questions around how and what, what does it mean? How, you know, what are other people doing? How to interpret, you know, what, what to look for in some of the policies, things like that. 
the other one, I, it goes without saying, I hate to say this, but AI, I think I marked down on my sheet, there was at least 42 different um, mentions or uh, interactions related to AI in the submissions. Yeah, I'll just add in. I mean, you know, I, I think something that uh, was really exciting is the folks that are sending in the submissions, they know what's going on and, and, and they're wanting to address those current topics. I think that's what's really exciting. I mean, we saw things about the SEC, multiple submissions on the, the SEC changes and the rules there. Um, you talk about regulations and, and those that have to deal with, with CFIUS, the, the Committee on Foreign Investment, and like James said, AI certainly was, was on there. I think it's also great that we saw cyber resilience these you know uh, that is with ransomware and these other things that the companies are starting to realize how important that that planning is and so uh, folks may not think that that's security or governance risk compliance but be you know how resilient are you is, is so important and to practice that so that that was exciting for me i agree and of course there were the foundational i'd say oldies but goodies a lot of reference to frameworks in particular NIST, but generally frameworks that can be used for cybersecurity and metrics and using metrics to drive um, continuous improvement and being able to demonstrate the security posture. Those were two that kind of jumped out to me. And data governance, I would say, and I know that's one of the things that we'll do a deep dive on, but I think that is strongly related to the whole AI piece and is a key enabler there. So I'm seeing that connection as well. Right. And on top of like all the trends that you discussed, would you say that any or a couple of them resonated with you the most and why? You know, I, I kind of mentioned, I kind of alluded to this, but again, for the ones that resonated with me, you know, cyber resilience, again, I, I just think, you know, how well um, formed do these different companies have their disaster recovery and business continuity plans? Obviously, the much larger organizations, you know, do you have the champions in each of your teams? Have you, you know, done the tabletops? Uh, you know, have you actually done, you know, real failovers and restores? You know, that's not cheap to do, but it's one of those pay me now, pay me later kind of things. So I, I was excited to see that. And then again, the SEC regulations impact so many of us. And we've seen a couple of these 8Ks come out since the, since it took effect. And so, you know, how is that going to help shape our teams and, um, and our relationships with our internal legal and external auditors and such? So those were the ones that resonated with me. Yeah. You know, in listening to you, Elliot, I'm thinking about the SEC and, you know, we're seeing more and more of, you know, this one is reporting and this one had to file a report and that one had to file a report. Um, it's happening, right? Interestingly, Tatiana and I were on a podcast last week in which we learned that there are malicious actors who are targeting organizations, breaching them, and then searching to see if they have reported that breach once they learn of it and then reporting them for not being in compliance with the new SEC regulations. So maybe if you could talk about that a little bit, like what decision makers need to be thinking about as it relates to data security from this compliance perspective and the maybe unintended consequences of this new regulation? You're right. I think, you know, in terms of people reporting these and materiality and these other things, it's still out to be determined and, and there's not really a good baseline. I will say compliance, you know, I think we should all remember that compliance is just a baseline and, and right. And compliance doesn't equal security, certainly. So there's, and unfortunately, 
you say the bad guys don't really care how compliant you are, but to your point, if you don't report it now, they're going to go report it for you to these regulators. Again, all in, in trying to get you to pay them to keep them quiet, you know, and we may get into this more as well, but I, I think I'm, I'm, again, I'm one of the back to the basics folks. And so for the security leaders and the security team members out there, it's easy for us to get caught up in the latest and greatest technology and the blinky lights and everything. And usually it's not as fun to deal with the compliance, you know, the frameworks and making sure you've got the basics and the patching and the identity and access management and the risk register. And you're, you're actually trying to take bite sizes, um, you know, approach to this instead of just being overwhelmed. So from my standpoint, yes, the SEC, this, this is an important regulation. But it's how are you using that to your advantage as a security leader in your governance risk compliance practice? Because you could you could really use it to your advantage. You don't certainly don't want to abuse it. But being able to bring everyone together and, again, go back to the basics and what is your framework you're following and how are you executing that? And Jim, maybe if you can elaborate on that, like, how does that play out? What is the implementation? What do our listeners need to take away to make this actionable for them? Well, Elliot touched on the the one thing I was going to say was the framework, right? What what framework are you using and establish that, build out that framework, which allows you to to really apply the controls around each one of those. Where you're talking about data to, to manage your data, to your identities, to access, to you know, and it really turns you back to the basics. And if you, it's not ticking off the boxes from a compliance thing, but you're really starting to look and see how effective each one of these are. I hate to say, as a global company, knowing all of the regulations and things out there and what requirements, not just SEC, but, oh my goodness, just the, the plethora of requirements that you have and really mapping that out and working, again, with your legal and your compliance teams to ensure that you have each one of those uh, nooks and crannies covered. And in using those frameworks, with, you know, NIST, ISO, if you're a FedRAMP, have FedRAMP requirements. Obviously, there's anybody that's in PCI, they, they have a, a, you know, a good, good chunk of that. But PCI may only affect part of your organization. If you have a lot of other things, you need to take that into account as well as you're, as you're building that out. Yeah. And just talking about data breaches, um, Jamie, if you can just explain in like the increasing evolving threat landscape, how can organizations adapt their security measures to address risk? I think with what we discussed in terms of the SEC requirements is a good place to start, actually, because what that has done is driven some executive leaders outside of technology, outside of cybersecurity, to really start to take ownership of cyber risk management, right? Because it is a business risk. Particularly legal and finance are now a bigger part of the conversation because of this materiality clause and the fact that each organization has to define that for themselves, you know, and it's, it's a very difficult measure because it's rarely black and white. And it's very difficult to calculate financially, even though some claim that they can do it. Um, so it requires a lot of conversations and the role of cybersecurity leaders really is to provide the information to the business leaders who have to ultimately make the decision. That is a positive benefit of SEC. Um, probably one of the negatives is it could be seen as um, causing fear or apprehension for a lot of leaders. And that's not always how we work best as people, right? I think it does cause results, but it's not the best way to motivate people to improve and to do their best for the organization or for society overall. So I think that's one of the um, 
unintended consequences. But going back to your point, Tatiana, about how do we limit <laughs> the risk of data loss in, in particular, because data is the main asset that we have right now and, and reputational risk, right? Or the, or the reputation, the brand image of the company. Those are the two big things that we're seeing now, because with the technology that we have today, a lot of the cyber resilience that Elliot talked about is much more financially feasible, like organizations can do that. So the threat actors are targeting data, which has a value to us and our brand image. And again, (laughs) with the SEC requirements, um, brand image is even more under more scrutiny in terms of the cybersecurity aspect. So basically, we need to continue to do gap analysis to include our broad team. So, you know, cyber professionals, technology professionals, and business professionals in the conversation and ensure that we're providing leadership with the right information to um, agree on our risk tolerance and to agree on where we're willing to stand in terms of limiting sometimes what people can do while still enabling the business to move as quickly as possible and be financially um, productive. I love that response, Jamie. And it, it just makes me think about Jim's point of all of the submissions that came in around AI, right? Because these advancements in technology are all intended to help do that, right? To help move the business forward and, and assess and measure risk and automate these things that can help the business to mitigate and minimize, um, hopefully, their risk and ensure compliance and all this stuff. So I want to talk about all of these submissions that came in around AI because I think, you know, there's so much going on with this technology right now. And I think a lot of people, when they were submitting, thought that they had this unique answer, right? And then lo and behold, half of probably the 2,700 submissions had to do with AI, right? So it's ubiquitous. And what is the impact that that's having on cybersecurity risk and governance and compliance? I can start and say, certainly, I mean, we know the bad guys have been using AI, right, for many years. And so I think there's certainly two buckets, right? There's there's how our team members want to use AI for productivity and other things, or even, you know, the folks outside of cyber, just all across the business. And then there's our security tools, that hopefully have AI integrated. I, I would say from my standpoint, you've got to find a really good security, you know, reseller partner that, that really understands your business and can kind of help you. You can't win this alone. And so, um, that's where certainly, you know, ha- having that good reseller partner is key because they know your business. They know what you're looking for. They know your budget. But again, validating how are they using AI? Is it helping one of your processes or is it just, you know, throwing things over in, in a different manner? That, that's what I think is really key. There are, you know, there's, there's the marketing buzzwords and then there's the actual putting the tool through the test and making sure that it can actually help you, you know, can it eliminate some of your team members? No, but it, you know, it's going to make them work more efficiently. If you're, you're using the tool correctly, that goes to any of your security suites. Um, th- that's kind of my thoughts on that. You touched on it, Elliot, not replacing folks, but it's having them provide more value at a higher level of that context. You know, we already have a talent gap of, you know, globally millions in this space. So anything to help, you know, align and push things faster. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, just, I'll call it machine speed, right? But I, I'm not sure, you know, there's the marketing hype, as Elliot said as well. But anything we can do to do that, because we're just falling further and further behind uh, as the adversaries are adapting. It, because, you know, they don't have rules. They're, they're able to adapt this far faster th- than we are. 
from a privacy perspective, you know, I hate to say, but the genie's out of the bottle at this point from this, right? The, the, the fake video, you know, meeting or to pay, you know, I think it was out of China where, you know, paying $25 million. It may be a fake fake, but it's still that concept of the fact that you're able to do a, a video that quickly across uh, getting decisions made and, and money moving that quickly. So. Yeah, I'm very newer to this. So hearing about everything and, you know, retaining that information, it's exciting for me with a lot of all the information. Then I go back and like do more research to understand more. So I know I'm really excited, especially for the RSA conference coming up, um, just to hear all the tracks that will be at the conference. And I guess what are you guys most excited about for RSA conference 2024 in May? For me, it's definitely the networking. Um, and this year's special being my first time on the speaker committee, I really want to get into a lot of this GRC sessions and kind of support our speakers because it takes a lot of work to put together these presentations. And um, so I'm excited for that part of it. Yeah, I'll just add in. I mean, I mean, I mean, the big announcement yesterday was certainly great about uh, Alicia Keys being there. But um, I'll say, uh, uh, you know, I agree with Jamie. I'm really selfish about our track, and I think I'm really excited. I think it's going to be one of the best tracks we've had in in GRC. And, And I say that because. In looking at the tracks that we selected, the speakers, they're actionable. There's something you can take away quick and actually implement to help you not be overwhelmed, to focus on these key areas that are so important. So um, I think you can walk away with tools immediately to help you. And so that's why I'm excited. And you can walk away um, down I, to the West Keynote stage and see Alicia Keys. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, Jim, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely stole that one when that one came out yesterday. I was like, whoa, that's a that's a big win with Alicia Keys. But another funny one would be, how you know, is the expo floor going to take on even more space? But uh, it, it is. It, I, I'm going to stick to the cliche of people, the networking, being able to have those in-person discussions. You, you know, we can meet or be on, on, you know, specific channels and other chat sessions. But when you're sitting down, you know, breaking bread with someone and having that conversation, you, there's a lot more to accomplish. But again, to support Elliot and Jamie's comments about our, our track, I, I think there's solid sessions that, that are going to span span our areas and really deliver some good punch to people. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't know if I'll be able to see you because I know there's so many people there, but if we see each other, that'll be great. Um, I just want to thank you all, Elliot, Jamie, and James for joining today and the listeners for being here today. To find products and solutions related to governance, risk, and compliance, we invite you to visit rsaconference.com forward slash marketplace. Here you'll find an entire ecosystem of cybersecurity vendors and service providers who can assist with your specific needs. Keep the conversation going on your social channels by using hashtag RSAC. And please be sure to visit RSA Conference for new content posted year-round. See you next time on RSAC 365. Thank you all so much. See you in May.